Well, today's Wednesday, and today is the 19th day of October, and we're so glad to have you tuned in. I'm your host, John Fowler, along with Olivia Anderson with us today, and uh, glad to have you tuned in today. And normally she's on Thursday, but John Sandy's going to be tomorrow, and Jay's on Friday. So who's on first? I don't know who's on second. So I think we got, I think we got it straight. So good morning to yeah. you. Absolutely. Let me ask you a question, because today is um, the topic is matters of the heart. One of the scriptures that we've heard for years is that the heart is wicked in all its ways. Okay, now here's the question that I have to you today. Is the heart still wicked after you're saved? That's a good question. Um, So uh, we see through scripture, and this is actually in my notes, but um, I'll see if I can pull up the verse here. Um, But if I believe it's in Ephesians that it's talking about how the heart can become the dwelling place for the Lord. You know, it's... um, a place for him to come dwell, but it also talks about um, in another verse that he pulls out um, the, our hearts of stone and gives us a, a new heart. So I believe that when we do accept um, Jesus into our hearts, you know, to come and dwell and um, make that his dwelling place, that we will uh, have a new heart in operation in our lives. But it also goes on to say, um, you know, it, it does talk about the deceitful thoughts and, and the immorality and all that, all of that. But also in Jeremiah 17, 9, um, it tells us that the Lord searches our heart and examines our mind to reward each person according to our conduct and our deeds. Um, and in Proverbs 10, 8, I believe it is, it says the wise in heart accept commands. So I believe the heart can be a breeding ground, even though it has those thoughts, you know, it can be a breeding ground for correction and purity when we allow the Lord to come in and, and we see through scripture, you know, about hardened hearts and things that he longs to fix. So that's the whole like intent of today's message is to allow him to do a heart work in us. Now we have, we have two, do you feel like that we have two different hearts? We have a physical heart and then we have a spiritual heart. And then through him changing our spiritual heart, it changes our physical heart. Is that? Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of how the way I feel. But I, I think that you, yeah. I think that a person, if they don't keep their flesh under control, they can have evil, evil thoughts in their heart. Now, let me ask you something: heart, soul, body. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Heart, heart, soul, mind, body. Heart, yeah. So the mind. Uh, so okay. So, mm-hmm. what is the heart part? And what is right. the body part? And what is the mind part? Heart, soul, and body. So I mean, so which one? Which one do you think that is the the body part? Is that is that the mind part, or is heart, soul, and body? Is that how it goes? I've always heard heart, mind, soul, yeah. and body. Like, yeah, the, you know. So, um, so what's so the differentiation so. between all those? <laughs> so, well, I mean, this is a complex question, but I believe that um, you know, a mind is a place of logic. Um, that's kind of in my notes too, because, you know, your, your heart, I'm going to go into your heart versus your mind really quick, because your heart is um, actually the place where you make your decisions and the heart is actually the place where your behavior is learned. And I'll give you scripture for that in a minute. Um, But the mind is a place where you can overthink and use too much logic. And if we are led by the Holy Spirit, 
you know, sometimes our mind is our biggest enemy because we, it's not in subjection or um, if it's not fixed on Christ, you know, we will be overthinking. Let's say I had, you know, how we operate. If we had a leading to the Lord to go um, pray for someone and I start thinking, well, they don't look like they struggle with that. Then the overthinking can cancel out something. But if I operate from a place of heart, I'm just going to say, you know, the Lord is love. It's his heart for them to go and be healed. Um, And then, you know, as far as heart and soul now, um, or I'm sorry, heart and mind, soul is your mind, will, and emotion. So it's kind of like an emotional leading. Um, Your heart, as much as, you know, it talks about love, the Bible doesn't mention emotions in the heart um, as, as far as like how to be led by them or anything like that. But it does say to write love and faithfulness on your heart. And it does talk about how anxiety can be within the heart. So um, it can be something that comes out of your mind later, um, but it starts in the heart. And then, of course, your body is just the whole physical being itself. So, so, when, so when, when you think about the scripture that says uh, that I would hide the word in my heart so I don't yeah. sin against God, what do you think that means? Yeah. Is that where the sin comes from, is from the heart? I believe so, because, um, you know, just all through scripture— uh, Proverbs twenty seven nineteen says, as water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. So we see that the heart is kind of like a mirror for the behavior and the patterns and how your whole life comes out is, is a reflection of the heart, what's in the heart. Um, so, you know, just to, to kind of piggyback off of that, I think everything we do flows from our heart first. Um, and I hope that kind of answers the question. I feel like I kind of deviated a little bit, ignore my sleeplessness here, but, um, but I do believe that, you know, there's so many, there's so many different scriptures in here. Um, so they talk about how to operate from the heart, you know, and, and like, I mean, I could go on and on and I have a bunch of scripture. Um, let me ask you, let me I ask do, you one more yeah. thing uh, with, along with that. Do we sin from the heart or do we sin from the mind? What what part of us, where does the sin come from? Yeah, I believe it can come from, um, it could come from the heart and then go to the mind. But I, I believe it's a combination of both. Because, but, you know, like I said, if we're in our minds, we're, we're overthinking, we're allowing fear, we're allowing these things. Um, and then if we're in our heart and we're being, you know, partial and not wholehearted or, um, the Bible, like I said, talks about how anxiety in a heart weighs a man down. So I think it could come from, from either place. Um, basically either, either place, like we see that the heart, you know, has those moral thoughts and then the mind starts to think on them. So I believe it, it may come from the heart and then, uh, transfer to the mind. Hopefully that answers. Let me, let me see here in Romans in Romans chapter six, mm-hmm. it says, "What shall we say then? Shall we con- uh, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Knowing knowing ye not that so many of us were baptized unto Jesus Christ, were baptized unto His death. Therefore we are buried with Him in baptism unto death." That like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even though we should walk in the newness of life. So that's where we get the new heart. 
Yeah. See, and and one of the things, let me let me read on. Then I want to ask ask you something. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, then we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing yeah. that, knowing this, that the old man is crucified with him, yeah. that the body of sin might be destroyed, and henceforth that we should not serve sin. Yeah. For he that is dead is free from sin. So let me let me finish 18. Or let's see, this is just mm-hmm. always so good. But there's number eight. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we should also live with him. So the question that I that, that I have here is yeah. people say that they're just an old sinner. Yeah. And and I just I don't see that. Now, the flesh can sin and will sin every chance that you allow it to. Yeah. But it doesn't have to. The Bible says not when we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, but he says if we sin. Yeah. And so, you know, as we talk about the matters of the heart today, I think this is this is something big, that we walk in the newness of life. So does he give us a new heart? Yes. Uh, Ezekiel thirty six twenty six. I found it. Um, it says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Wow. So so that is, you know, straight from the Lord. Um, here in Ezekiel, we know that he is talking to, because I don't want to just pull out a verse and not give a reference, but um, he's, you know, talking to the people um, who have, you know, his people in Israel who have rebelled against him and, um, the various cities that have come against the word of God. And um, and even in their mess, even in their mess, he's prophesying to them, if you come to me, I'm going to give you a new heart. And I just think that that is beautiful. But um, so a new heart and a new spirit, you know, the new heart, because um, all of the issues of life flow out of the heart and we're living by the heart and the new spirit, you know, um, because we're uh, spiritually minded uh, creatures or carnally minded creatures. And so he wanted to um, allow the Holy Spirit to come in and, and begin to take predominance in the lives. And it said that he would remove the heart of stone, which tells me that hardened um, hearts and, and stony hearts are the reason for sin in the first place. So it, it roots from the heart. Um, so, and then he said, I will give you a heart of flesh, which is just one that um, suits the atmosphere of your body. And and so Matthew twelve thirty four, yes, yes, yeah, twelve thirty four. It says, "Old generations mm-hmm. of vipers, how can ye be evil, and speak yeah. good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks." Yes. Now that word abundance right there lets me know that there can be a conglomerate of a lot of things within the heart. Mm-hmm. But he's he's saying here, what is in your heart most? Is what's going to yeah. come out. So if yes. you have more of Jesus, then that's going to come out. If you have more of flesh and world in your heart, he says from the abundance of the heart. So that means you could have 10% Jesus, yeah. 90, 90% NASCAR racing. Yeah. All right. So what are you going to talk about? NASCAR racing. Yeah. All right. You could, yeah. you could talk um, 50% uh, about your job. And then uh, 50% of Jesus. So that means you're going to get 50% job, 50% Jesus. Because out of the abundance of the heart. So it would have to be literally 
51% Jesus, 49% job because it says out of the abundance. So yeah. the abundance of the heart is the 51%. But if the work is the 51% and Jesus is the 49, you see yeah. what I'm saying? That's going to yeah. be the abundance. Yeah. And so as I think through that, I mean, it's kind of tedious, but you can tell you can tell somebody real quick that if if they're 90% of their medical condition right. 10 and 10% Jesus, then what are you going to hear more of? You're going to hear more about the, so it's out of the abundance. So here's, here's the thing, uh, Olivia, we need to change the abundance. Yes. Yes. Oh, my goodness, yes. <laughs> I just worked out. So we have to change wanna, the abundance. Yeah. Yeah. I want to add to that. Proverbs 18 4, um, says the words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The wellspring of wisdom is a flowing brook. And if you look at that, you know, wellspring also means abundance. So, um, you know, it's like an overflow of um, wisdom. So it's like your words are from the place of overflow. That's another scripture to back that up. But what I love about that is it says that um, the words of a man's mouth are deep waters. Did you notice that in the scripture it also says that Jesus' voice is as the sound of many waters? Wow. So that that blows my mind right there. So if we want to echo his heart, we echo his words. Wow, that's good. So that That is just, um, yeah, that was the first thing in my notes, actually, because that's how you know I felt to, to start this out. This whole thing kind of originated because... Um, you know, our vision for the pulse. Cause I really, you know, just asked the Lord, like, Hey, show me this vision. You know, what do you want um, in the earth and everything? And, and he just brought me back to the basics, you know, the vision that we have in Gasaway, like that's, that's like printed and up, you know, the uh, it's in the hallway for everyone to see. And I thought that's so beautiful. We write the vision and we make it plain, but it's talking about um, the vision is to, have a church that beats with the heart of God and to restore life to the heart of man through the Holy Spirit and allow God to shock your heart into a relationship with him. And you have Psalm 5110, created me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. And so that whole vision kind of inspired, um, you know, this today. And and I started thinking about that. And, and when you brought up Matthew um, 15, 19 as well, I had that in my notes as well. And it's talking about the heart. Um, it says for out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, um, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure who can understand it. But then I wanted to reference there, Jeremiah 17, nine, it says, I, the Lord search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct and what their disease, their deeds deserve. So, you know, it goes back to how the heart, is actually a beautiful place. Um, so this tells me that you can either have the impure thoughts or you can allow him to examine those thoughts, you know, whether it may be we're talking about, if our abundance is not lining up, then he wants to correct our thoughts. Basically it says that he um, examines our hearts. And then it talks about, you know, and like I've referenced Proverbs 10, eight, that um, the wise in heart accept commands. So he is commanding our heart to shift. Um, and, and will operate in wisdom. So it could either, the heart's either a breeding ground for purity and correction or deceit, 
we can't have both. So, you know, these verses kind of make that plain to us. Um, and we live outside of the abundance when we choose deceit because he came to give us a more abundant life. Yeah, I'm writing down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then um, Ephesians 3.17, I was referencing this earlier. This is the heart. Um, you know, it's basically where the heart is, is the dwelling place of the Lord. It's where we let him in. This is where he comes in. And we've heard that our whole lives. I'm sure anyone has heard, you know, accept Jesus into your heart. And we're like, where's the scripture for that? Um, it doesn't necessarily say that word for word in the Bible, but it does say um, in Ephesians 3, 17, Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. So he has a dwelling place and all we have to do to allow him in is faith for it. Um, so, you know, and, and I'm starting to go back to think about that um, because, you know, we think, we think logically and we think that he's coming in through our minds because we're believing on him and that is crucial but the main belief is coming from the heart because the heart can also have unbelief or it can have belief um but this is his dwelling place you know according to that scripture um and our minds of course need to be renewed um it tells us all through the word you know to cast down every thought that's unlike him and all these things that are from mind and thoughts that you know aren't lining up with the word of god um, but so many times we use logic over heart. And if you want an example of that, let's just um, just think about something. You know, someone who is in a career or ministry or whatever it is, and, and they've lost their passion. It's like they're not as passionate anymore. It's not that they've, um, you know, it's not that they're just losing passion. It's that they're not operating from heart. You know, it's, it's logic. We start thinking about all the things that are wrong or all the things that, um, we could be doing or whatever. We're doing logic and not heart. When we operate from the fullness of our heart, you know, then we are um, operating from a place of love. If, if Christ is really dwelling within our hearts. So it's like you've heard that. I think you were we were talking about that last night about Christy. And you said that, um, you know, you're like talking about cooking with love. Um, so I'm just going to vaguely, I'm not going to go into that whole story, but, um, but if we, that's a, that's an example, you know, people who cook with love or people who just get dinner done and mm. you can tell the difference because you're like, and me, I cannot cook. So I'm just the one getting dinner done. I have no passion for it. Um, so if I was wholehearted about it, I'm sure my family would love the dinner a lot more. Um, but I, you mm. know, it's something I'm half-hearted with. And so it's evident to everyone around me. Um, but in going back to Proverbs 27, 19, it says, as the water reflects the one's face, so one's life reflects the heart. So it's basically, you know, comparing the heart to a mirror in this verse, you know, uh, just like a mirror or just like water reflects one's face. One translation literally says mirror. So one's life reflects the heart. So your heart is a mirror, um, I'm sorry, your life is a mirror for your heart. So your whole life, everything you do, your behavior, your mm -hmm. words, your um, mannerisms, every part of your life, whether it's good or bad, is going to be reflected. Um, and it's, from, it's, it's showing your heart. That's why we go back to out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks because those words are coming from heart. Um, and of course you can operate partially in your heart and not put your whole heart into it, just like I was talking about. And it led me to the verse, Jeremiah 29, 13, that says, you will seek me 
and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And then I really stopped and thought about that. How many times have we heard people who've gotten so discouraged and they're saying, well, the Lord's not with me. I'm, I'm dealing with this. Or I don't see the Lord here. You know, he's not with me or he's not helping me. But check it out. If we aren't wholeheartedly seeking him and we're just seeking him, you know, we're just um, calling on him occasionally or when there's a need, it doesn't say that we'll find him. But it says that when we search with our whole heart, we will find him. So he may be there. He's just not found by us unless our pursuit is whole. So when, and that pursuit comes from the heart. So in Romans, in Romans chapter 10, two things here. Yeah. It says, did you read that already? No. Okay, listen to this. It says, Romans 10, 9, it says, that if mm -hmm. thou shalt confess with thy mouth yeah. the Lord Jesus... And thou shalt believe in thy heart yeah. that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. And so when, when you read that scripture, it's like, okay, the believing, and we'll write this down, believing yeah. is in the heart. Yes. So that's, if that's where the yes. faith is. Faith has got to be in the heart if that's where the believing is. Yes. All right. So. Yes. All right, then then here's the other thing that came to mind on Ephesians chapter 3 and mm -hmm. 17 and uh, that really stuck out here. It's like, okay, that Christ may dwell in your hearts yeah. by faith. Well, okay, so as I said back here a second ago in Romans uh, 10, 9, the heart is where your faith is. Yes. Okay, so that backs yes. that one up. And then here's something else that you being rooted mm -hmm. and grounded in love. Yes. So love is also where the heart, yes. the heart is where yes. love is. So, so these things. So then when you say love is where, so we know that faith is where the heart is mm -hmm. or, or heart, the, the heart is where faith is where the heart. Yeah. Love yeah. is where the heart is. Um, yeah. Then you look at the the thought process that we have to believe in our heart, confess with right. our mouth. So those th those two things work together. So the heart and the mm -hmm. mouth work together yeah. because you have to confess and then you have to believe. So mm -hmm. the heart, the heart and the mouth, man, what revelation, the heart and mm -hmm. the mouth have to work together and be and be in uh, unison, you be in agreement yeah. with each other. Yeah. And the mouth will get in alignment when the heart's in alignment, because it goes back to Matthew twelve thirty four that out of the abundance of the heart, the well, mouth speaks. Yeah. So when that belief hits your heart, it'll hit your mouth, too. Yeah. So, so if we hear, you know, doubt or unbelief from people, it's coming from the heart. And um, Hebrews three twelve says, um, see to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. So, so un unbelief you, can is in the heart too. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So it's either belief or unbelief in the heart. Cause we see scriptures about belief in the heart. Cause you can believe in your heart that Jesus rose from the dead. Or if you have unbelief, then it actually says it turns your heart away from God. Your heart is actually changing postures you know, turning away from God because of unbelief. And if people, you know, 
are saying, I'm not where I need to be with the Lord, then there's some unbelief in your life because that is what the Bible says right here that has caused you to turn from the Lord. And, you know, whether that unbelief is um, because you your focus is elsewhere or whatever that may be, the root issue of it is unbelief. So that's what needs to be dealt with. And that's why that's why salvation is so simple as to believe and call upon him, you know, um, believing in our hearts. So wow. I, hope, I hope that makes sense. It does. So let me ask you this. If I'm if I'm going to make changes yeah. into my heart. Yeah. Okay, let's say that something that we've said today, the, the Holy Spirit's mm-hmm. worked with and has convicted somebody that they need to fix this and they need to fix yeah. that. What is the entrance and exit of the heart? Where is the entrance part of the heart where I can put something new into it? And where is the exit part where I can get rid of something? How do you do that? Where, where, how do you do that? I mean, ultimately, it's got to be Jesus, but there's got to be a way to get... If you ever heard people say, man, if I could just get to their heart, yeah, how do you get to the heart? Wow. Uh, that's a complex question, but I believe, you know, if we're, if Jesus is coming in through belief, then it's going to take the word, you know, it's going to take the word because, you know, faith is coming by hearing. So the, the belief, um, you know, it's basically coming by faith, right? And then right. faith is coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So it's going to take the word um, because your mind is set against God and it's set to not believe, um, you know, it's rooting from the heart. But when your mind is, um, you know, those those thoughts can be cast down and, and he can give you a new heart. He talks about how, you know, I want to give you a new heart and a new spirit. Um, but the, the spirit, of course, um, is is basically like the gateway, but the Holy Spirit is what draws men to salvation. You know, it's like, how can they believe unless they've, um, you know, been drawn by the Holy Spirit? So it, it really taking the word and it's taking the Holy Spirit to have that entrance. And once there is an entrance, it will, you know, cause things to exit because there's not room for both. And um, the exit process will continue with more belief because you're getting the unbelief out. And that's, Typically, the root of sin um, in the heart is unbelief, according to, you know, Hebrews through 12. So the abundance, so the heart has an abundance. Yeah. And then what comes out of the heart, the mouth speaks whatever's in there. So Mm -hmm. I would say that on a regular basis, if this, if this was, if this was me and my heart had a, um, you know how like, okay, Let's, let's say this. Let's say that my heart has a spiritual EKG. Yeah. Because we know what an EKG does in the physical. Yeah. So let's say that the heart has a, mm-hmm. let's say that the spiritual heart of us has an EKG. Mm-hmm. So mine would constantly be changing. Yeah. Your mind, your heart would constantly be changing because it it changes with each event that goes on. So, I mean, but you just have to make sure that the abundance of your heart has got to be Jesus. I mean, because you got to, you you work, you, you know, you got to cook, you got to do a podcast, you got to, you know, you're doing all this stuff, you're driving. But yet, it's like that's going to constantly change. 
in, in a lot of ways, you know, sometimes it's going to be, you know, sometimes you're going to be in the middle of something that may not be spiritual at all. Yeah. But still, you've got to have, you've got to guard your heart that you don't sin against God. And I'm not talking yeah. about sinful, non-spiritual. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, you know, driving a car, there's not nothing's really spiritual about that. You know, you just get in a car and you drive, you know. But you can you can make it spiritual by by putting Jesus into you, pouring Jesus into your heart, listening to podcasts, reading the word. So so it's almost like your heart has eyes and ears. Because it mm-hmm. because from the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. So that means you've got to put stuff in it. So yeah. if I'm reading the word, then that means it has it has eyes and and then if I'm listening to something and I'm putting it into my heart, then my heart has ears and it means that that this thing has emotion. So yeah. so, so the heart has emotion. <laughs> it just never yeah. ends. It just it's never so ends. It's crazy all the things about the heart that you can find in the Bible. I'm like, wow. You know, we've read the scripture our whole lives, but you just said the eyes of the heart. Check out um Ephesians 1:18. It says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Wow. In Ephesians order that what? You may know. Um, 1.18. See, I didn't know that scripture. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that scripture. And and so, and I'm thinking, you know, this is goofy that your eyes have, uh, that your heart has eyes, but then you just confirmed it. Because yeah. when I said, when I said it, yeah, I'm we, thinking, man, this is goofy, but, but it does. Yeah. It, it's like it almost. It's almost like your heart has its own personality and yeah. and it's like a it's like a tank that has to be full of the abundance. Yes. And the abundance is, is Jesus. The abundance is is not the world. So listen to the way you talk today. I'm not talking about yeah. you, I'm talking about all the listeners. Well, all of us. Listen to how <laughs> yeah, we talk. Listen too. to how we talk. <laughs> yeah. Are we complaining? Are we gossiping? Are we backbiting? Uh, you know, that then that's What's of the abundance of the heart at that particular time? Because that's what you're going to talk about. Yeah. So if Jesus is not the abundance there, you've got to, and you know, it's like you have to be careful that you're no, that, you know, I don't know if you ever heard this old saying that people are so spiritual that they're no earthly good. You know, we have to survive in this world and we have to, we can't get, we can't get so, um, uh, what's the world uh, so loopy or so goofy with your Christianity to where nobody's going to talk to you? Yeah, you know, because people can get that way, and and you can get so spiritual that you're no earthly good, and yeah. uh, and so you have to you have to make sure that there's a um, a balance of what's in the heart, but make sure that the abundant part of it, make sure the fifty one percent of it is yeah. always Jesus. Yeah. You know, I just, I just think it's good. That's Thank good. you. Thank I you love Lord. that. I love that. 51%. But that verse, um, at the end of the verse, it's, you know, it says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people. So, you know, having your eyes, the eyes of your heart open gives you inheritance. Wow. And hope. Um, so, like, that's just that's just amazing. Like when you, and I, I believe that produces identity, Jesus. like knowing your inheritance, you're saying, Oh, okay. Well then that means I have a father I'm inheriting from. Right. You have that relationship and it's leading you further to a place of knowing his identity and knowing yours. And I just thought that was awesome. Um, and I, I started thinking about, you know, the, one of the most common scriptures 
about the heart. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, you know, that tells us to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts and lean not to our own understanding. And I started thinking, wow, um, leaning. Nobody thinks about this part, but leaning is like uh, you're dependent upon something. If I'm leaning on someone's shoulder and they move, I'm going to fall because I had depended on their shoulder to hold me up the way I was standing. So it's like a whole posture, um, you know, and it's like one in a position of trust. And so it's saying trust in the Lord um, with all of your hearts, have that lean on, you know, have your heart lean on him um, and not your mind because it says lean not into your own understanding. And if we start um, trusting our own understanding, we're trusting our mind, we're trusting the carnal nature, you know, the deceit that's in the heart. So we are um, not allowing faith to be produced or belief because we're leaning on. So if we're in our minds, that's unbelief. We're yeah. allowing unbelief. But when we're operating from the spirit, we cannot allow belief. Because yes. trusting in the Lord is belief, right? Right. And then leaning on our own understanding is the opposite. So that's unbelief. Because the mind will overthink. The mind will give you anxiety. The mind will give you worry unless you are trusting in the Lord, then your mind will be a reflection of that. So the, so the mind and the heart would be two separate things. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they're kind of at war. If you, now, if you have Jesus in your heart, of course, that's your, he's, that's the dwelling place. He gives you a new heart and a new spirit. So you will be, you know, renewed in your thinking and you can have the mind of Christ as you begin to renew every day. Um, but if you are not operating in the spirit and you do not have, you know, Jesus dwelling in your heart, then your mind is at war um, with you, basically. You know, so when you're not renewing your mind, even with us, you know, even having the Lord in our hearts, like if we are, if we just wake up, if I just woke up today, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not even going to pray. I'm just going to go on about my day. and I get aggravated, you know, or whatever. Like I haven't been with the Lord. I haven't allowed him to renew my mind for that day, then I could even operate in a place of, you know, um, trusting in my own understanding and my mind will overthink. And, you know, we get, we get, we're so bad at that, you know, as humans, because, you know, someone could just like, let's say someone comes into church and they shook everyone's hand, but my hand, then my mind starts going, Oh, you know, they don't like me or, you know, what have I done? And, and seeds of rejection are planted in. And, and when reality, they didn't have their glasses on and they didn't see me. You know, it's just an example of something like that. Um, our minds will, will cause us to go into um, seeds of unbelief. And which unbelief can be so many different things. Like rejection is a form of unbelief because we're believing that we're not accepted. You know, um, there's there's different forms of unbelief that we could see, but... Um, but I do love the, uh, the verse that's on our vision board and, um, Psalm 24, four is where we see, um, uh, you know, the, the whole, another scripture of that, um, asking for clean hands and a pure heart. And I think, wow. Um, you know, because the purity of the heart, um, is, is a connecting point here where we are free of, um, anything else that's going to take our gaze and our focus. That's really, you know, I, I believe that's like pure, you know, if something is pure, it's like tested, it's, it's tried, um, 
it's in the purest form, right? It's, right. um, you know, we have, we see like refining and all these things, but, um, purity is something that kind of stands for itself. It's proven. And if we allow the Lord to come in and clean it, um, you know, then they're going to see, uh, that there's not something to dirty it. So that means we're free of idols and we're free of distractions and we're free of all the thoughts of the mind because we're allowing the Lord to come in and, and cleanse that. And, you know, um, I love the verse um, in Psalm 37, 4 as well, um, that, you know, if we delight in the Lord, that he will give us the desires of our heart. And it, it's not just about what we can get out of that, but when our delight is set, then we are gaining something. You know, it's like, where if he and it goes back to the verse that talks about um the treasure your treasure is where your heart is right you know it's like um because when you're delighting in jesus like you're getting that abundance that you're asking for this whole word yeah. comes full circle you know i just feel like every part of it connects in some way um and and i'm i go back to david that was he, the lord called him a man after his own heart and I'm like, wow, you know, that is, that is just so beautiful. That was his desire is just to have the heart of the Lord. It was a whole love language. Um, and because of that, you know, we see in first Samuel 13, 14, that God chose him because of his heart. He literally said it was because of his heart. And then in chapter 16, um, verse seven, that he would, the Lord was talking to Samuel about anointing a king. And he's saying, you know, about his brothers that they had a physical appearance, but they were rejected because of their heart. So David was accepted because of his heart and his brothers were rejected because of their hearts. So mm -hmm. your heart will determine your ability to lead because, you know, David was in a um, leadership position here. He was entrusted with people. So if you, you know, if someone out there today is watching and they're just like, oh, I want to, you know, I feel called to be a pastor or a leader or, you know, whatever, um, or even just leading people to Jesus, that's a whole leadership role. How do you do it? Heart. Yeah. Heart. It's a you truth. know, it all roots back to the heart. So that's why, you know, today I was talking about matters of the heart because everything I believe flows from it. Um, and it goes back to the verse, you know, guard your heart because... Um, everything else flows out of it. All the issues of life flow out of it. Everything roots back to the heart. Um, but, you know, going back to David, in Acts 13, 22, um, this was also where Apostle Paul was retelling the story about how David was chosen for his heart. But in this one, he adds something else to the verse. And he called him a son as well. And so my mind immediately thought, oh my gosh, when you have a heart that's postured for the Lord, you will understand your sonship and your inheritance. And that goes back to the verse that talks about, you know, the eyes of our heart being enlightened to our inheritance. And, you know, we see that sonship, um, being a son and a daughter of the most high king, you know, is, is the promise. I believe it's Romans eight fourteen that says for many, for as many as are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. So we have that promise of sonship and inheritance and, um, all of that, but it starts from the heart. It starts from the heart. Um, and then uh, Proverbs let me, let me, 20. Let me, oh, go ahead. Let me, let, me, let me catch up with you here yeah. on a couple things here. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I just wrote down flow before you said that. 
And then you said Proverbs 4.23, talking about flow. Yeah. Okay, here's yeah. what I wrote down before you, before you even said that. Yeah. There is a passageway from the heart to the mind and from mm-hmm. the mind to the heart. Wow. There has, yeah. there has to be a passageway back and forth. Yeah. So that means that there is a flow. Yeah. And then to renew your mind, I, I was thinking about that. If I'm going to renew my mind, that does not start in the mind. Right. The renewing part starts in the heart. Yes. Yes. And if, we, if we're renewing our mind, then that starts with the heart. And so the heart will renew the mind. Yeah. Because the heart is where God's at. Yes. The mind is flesh. Yes. The mind is flesh. That's the, the, yeah. the, what the Bible says. To be mm-hmm. carnally minded is death. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's where the, so the, the, he doesn't say to be carnally, to, to be carnally hearted mm-hmm. is death. It says right. to be carnally minded is death. Mm-hmm. Well, where's your mind? Right here. Is it flesh? Mm-hmm. Yes. Is, is this where the battlefield is? It's in the mind. Mercy. So what you have to do is you have to to make sure that within the flow, now think of this, within the flow of the heart and the mind, you have to make sure that the mind doesn't flow to the heart. Yeah, that's good. But that the heart flows to the mind. Yes. So it, it needs to be a one-way trip here. It doesn't yes. need to be back and forth, you know, because then back and forth right there, yes. th- that tells me that uh, that you are um, um, unstable in all your ways because you're doubly, uh, double-minded. Yeah. You know, yes. so you have, to be care- <laughs> you have to be careful. Thank God we're recording this because I can go back and listen to this. And, and because it's just, uh, I mean, there's a lot. I, I've got. I've got my look here. That's the. That's it's all full. <laughs> this is when we started. Wow. Yeah, I had nothing on the page when we started, and uh, yeah. but I mean, wow. There's just a lot now. What whatever you were saying there, I just had to catch up. <laughs> no, I love that. Jesus, I love that. Well, here's the um, thing. Let me let me say this. People yeah. say this all the time. I love them 110 percent, or I believe this for 110 percent. Let me tell you something. The percentage stops at 100. You can't you can't go past 100. Okay. Right. So people say 110%. And I understand why why people say that. But 100 is where that stops. So yeah. so when you think about your heart and and think about this today is how much of a percentage of your heart is Jesus. And then how much of your heart if if you're look if you're unsaved, I would say that probably a hundred percent of your heart would be worldly. Yeah. But if you can get Jesus in there, get that turned around and make him the abundance, yeah. he's got to be the and and the abundance only has to be fifty one percent. If you are a shareholder in in a in, in a business, you have power at fifty one percent. Because yeah. you own more than anybody else. Yeah. And so you've got to make sure that Jesus is 51% and above. Because that's where your abundance is. It's good. Mercy. That's good. I know. We should get the t-shirts. Something about 51, you know. 
That would be, um, yeah, we could. We could do that. We could start a ministry. We could start a ministry. It's entitled 51%. Don't be the 49, be the 51. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's, you know what's so crazy is that oh. it's in Psalm 51, 10, that says, created me a clean heart. Oh, Come God, on. You serious? Spirit. I never yeah, thought about that. Look, I have it on the picture. It's our vision. Uh, oh, hold on. Let me put it sideways. It's our vision from the church. Yeah, I remember when the Lord That's gave me. Son. I remember when the Lord gave me that. Wow. <laughs> I, I can tell you exactly where I was when He gave it to me. Wow. Fifty-one ten. Yeah. That's we'll have to talk cr- about that later. crazy. Because <laughs> I want to hear about that. But I um, hope I hope we're blowing everybody's mind because mine's blown. I know. I know this blew my mind just studying the notes. And then when you added the 51%, I was just done from there. I'm like, thank you, Lord. That's so good. Oh, praise um, you, Jesus. <laughs> yes. And then, well, hold on. I want to rewind to your flow thing because I started thinking about this because, you know, it, all the issues of like flow from the heart. Do you ever think about this? There's four chambers of the heart. And then I started thinking, I don't know the relevance here, but this is what you know, the Lord kind of downloaded to me. There were four rivers in Genesis when we see in the garden. And it's like, I started thinking there's a flow for every direction. And that's what's happening. And the the heartbeat of the Lord is for us to get back to the garden and to that intimate place with him when we're just walking in the cool of the day, like Adam and Eve did with him. Wow. Just having conversation. So I literally have that in my notes. And I just thought, well, I didn't know for sure, you know, if that was a relevant thing to tie in. But, you know, when you mentioned flow, it just came back up and in, into me. And I was like, my goodness, yeah, that's I so believe good. that's no accident. No. Um, you know, and then so I was talking about David and um, all that. But then I started thinking this, too. Do you know, our heart needs to be written on. And there's scripture for that, right? Proverbs 3 um, and verses 3 and 4, it says, love and faithfulness are to be written upon our hearts. Wow. I know. So That's so good. I, I thought that was so cool because, you know, people, we always see like tattoos or, or written messages or whatever, but he's saying literally write this on your heart. And there's something about the word because we have the written word of God. You know, we have the spoken word of God, but... When it's written, we can speak it. We can speak the word of God because it's first written. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when we write love and faithfulness on our hearts, then we can speak love and faithfulness to his people. And I just thought, my goodness, that's that's so good. Man, I and, tell you, uh, that it's just I mean, it's just awesome, just all the revelation yeah. that God's given. It's yeah. it's awesome stuff. I'm sure you got you got something else? Uh, yeah, just real quickly, um, Matthew twenty two thirty seven, of course, says to love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our mind, all our strength, um, or all our soul and all our strength. And then, you know, we see that the heart is a dwelling. We're talking about flow, so it's meant to flow to all these other areas because it starts at the heart, and it's supposed to flow to our mind, flow to our soul, and flow with all our strength. So I thought that was, you know, so cool. Um, and then Matthew six twenty one, I touched on that briefly earlier. It tells us that where um, treasure is, there heart is. I think about Mary, who was at the feet of Jesus. You know, um, first she had to posture herself at the feet of Jesus, but she took the most valuable thing she had and broke it at his feet. And, and he called it anointing and preparation. You know, the disciples were kind of, you know, worrying about it. But the posture of her heart 
was to prepare the way for him. Um, so, you know, it was, it was posture and, and worship. And then um, something I really wanted to add, because when we talked about this earlier, um, you know, we just said this verse as well, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. You had the word flow written down, but, but it says guard your heart. How do someone might say, how do I guard my heart? I don't know how to do it. Check out Philippians 4, 7. It says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts wow. and your minds in Jesus Christ. Wow. Okay. What if we backtrack and say, how do I get peace? Because if peace guards my heart, how do I get peace? Isaiah 26, 3. He will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. so read that one again. 20, he will 26 keep him in, yeah, Isaiah 26, 3. He will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee. So, where so, does, so we, where does that start? That has to start in the heart. Yeah. To yeah. change the mind. Yeah, because if, if the heart is able to have anxious thoughts, because um, I'll read that scripture in just a minute, but because uh, I'll you know have something else to add to it, but it says that our heart could have anxious thoughts. So our heart has thoughts, you know, and it's saying write these things on your heart. Um, so our heart has thoughts. So we have peace that will guard our hearts, and we get peace from keeping our our heart and mind upon the Lord. So we have to um, add to so, that. We have to add yeah. to that that we have that our heart has eyes, a heart yes. our heart hears. And our yes. heart has thoughts. Yes. Wow. And our heart can be hardened. Um, because if you look at, yeah. uh, I'm going to talk probably briefly upon this uh, Sunday, but Mark 6, 52, um, was talking about the man with the withered hand. And the people were so, the, I think it was the Pharisees here, were so concerned about his methods. Um, and he basically told them that they're, you know, he was, he was grieved by, it says that he was grieved by their hardened hearts. Um, so that was an unbelief because they didn't believe that he should, you know, or that he could do it or um, that he was doing it the right way because they were questioning his motives. So unbelief led to hardened hearts. Um, and then I just have some quick heart facts here, just a few um, verses. It'll, I'll go back really quickly here, but um, according to Psalm 1914, the heart can meditate because it says, may the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. So our thoughts really do come, you know, from the place of the heart. And then also in um, Psalm 119.7, it's talking about an upright heart. So that tells me our heart's not already upright because it's saying, you know, make my heart upright. So it means our heart needs to be positioned. Our heart needs to be repositioned. So, you know, of course, without wow. Jesus, we need that. And when he comes and dwells inside of it, he will position your heart. Our heart needs to be pure if we want to see him. According to Matthew 5 and 8, it talks about the pure in heart shall see God. Um, our heart gets sick when we lose hope. Um, and that is in Proverbs 13, 12. Now, this one right here, Ecclesiastes eleven ten, is where anxiety starts because it starts in the heart. Um, and then it also says in Proverbs twelve twenty five that our heart can be weighed down with anxiety, but kind words uplift the heart. 
Um, and that reminds me of Ephesians 4.29. You know that probably. I say that all the time. But um, that verse tells us to only speak what uplifts or edifies or encourages. So kind words can basically reposture the heart and wow. cause anxiety to leave. The power of kind words can help someone's anxiety. Um, because if you think about it, kind words are reading from love and perfect love casts out on fear. Anxiety is fear. Yeah. Um, and then Psalm 119, 11, um, it says the heart needs his word not to sin, basically, because you know, you're saying we're hiding his word in our heart that we won't sin. Um, so the word helps us not to sin. Um, and then, you know, we see in Psalm 27, 3, that the heart has a choice to fear. We don't have to fear. Um, and then in uh, Psalm 86, 11, it says the heart can be divided. Um, so we, we definitely want to keep our heart focused on the Lord. And then Psalm 73, 26 uh, says the heart has um, God is its strength. Wow. When we are a believer. And of course, uh, just to add this last little part, because I believe someone on here needs to hear this. I wasn't going to share this, but I believe someone needs to hear that in Psalm 147.3, um, our broken hearts can be healed. And then in Psalm 34.18, it says he is close to those that are broken hearted. And, wow. he, um, you know, we see. So so the Lord is close to those today who are, you know, dealing with brokenness or broken hearted. He's already there. He mm -hmm. is there. This tells me that even though you're experiencing hurt and you're experiencing pain, he is there because his word says it didn't have a condition. It didn't say if you're saved, if you've been saved for 40 years and you have a broken heart, I'll be there. It just said, if you have a broken heart, I'll be there wow. because he wants that opportunity to mend because that's the God that we serve. He, he longs for your heart and longs to heal it and to mend it and to fix it. So <clears throat> that right there is the altar call right there. Yeah, that's I mean, what you, I thought. You just, you just said it. Something I wrote down, protect protect the backflow of your mind. Yeah. Because it flows back and forth. So you've got to make sure that the heart is is sending more to the, than, to the mind than the mind is sending to the heart. So you've got to protect the backflow because that, that's, yeah. where the, that's where the problem is. Well, take heed what has been said today wow this is so good you got something else uh the i only had one more verse that i didn't say i, I believe and it was acts 15 8 and it says in god who knows the heart testified to them giving them the holy spirit just as he also did to us he's talking about the gentiles here but um still we see that his nature and character are always the same and so he longs to um he knows our hearts he knows he already knows our hearts and he knows our thoughts but um, he also, knowing our hearts, even though we, they're deceitful and they're wicked, to give them his Holy Spirit. And today his desire is to give him more, give our hearts more of him, um, for that to be his dwelling place and to give you the Holy Spirit to guide you through the life that you have, because he wants you to have, that's, you know, the Holy Spirit's our comforter. He's our power source. Um, and he is the one who knows how to flow through us and lead us in all truth, according to the word. So. That's his desire. He wants to, to be close to you. He wants to know you. He, and he knows your heart already, and he desires to give you more of himself in the Holy Spirit today. Uh, that's so awesome. Olivia will be speaking on Sunday morning uh, at uh, 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time uh, in the Pulse Gasaway. 
So we encourage you to listen or to come and be a part of it. You know, a church alive is worth the drive. We're seeing God do some great things and yeah. some awesome things in yeah. our service. We saw a um, a lady. There was a leading uh, for uh, people that were having trouble in their in their neck, and mm-hmm. uh, this one lady was able to move her neck in uh, in ways that she couldn't do it in in twenty five years. And uh, we've seen cancer healed, seeing God do some just really awesome things. And, and it's it's obedience and it's just him blessing. And I'm so thankful and so grateful for, for what he's doing. So let me tell you something. If you're not where you need to be with Jesus, we got to change the heart. That's the only thing you can do. And and you just ask him to, to come into your heart to say, Father, forgive me of my sins where I've messed up. And then, you know, the Bible says all you have to do is believe. So there's belief in your heart. And so how you increase that believing, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And we've said this, that faith is in the heart and your heart has ears. So it needs to hear. And then it changes the mind. Absolutely. Man, this is awesome. Great job, Olivia. Anxious to hear your sermon on Sunday. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. No doubt. God's so faithful. If you want to be a part of this ministry... Uh, by even by listing, it's awesome. But you can also uh, tithe to this ministry or give a love gift. And let me tell you something: every bit of it is a help because it furthers the kingdom of God. And you can do that by texting the word Pulse to one three zero four two four four thirty one eighty seven. Go to the pulsechurch.com give through PayPal or mail your love gift to PO Box one forty one Gasaway West Virginia two six six two four. John Sandy in the house. 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time tomorrow, being Thursday. Join us for the next edition of the Pulse WV Live, a network that beats to the heart of God. Have a great day, everybody.